Hey race fans, welcome to Talking Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number 14 of Talking Stock. Good to have you back. It is August the 22nd. I am here with my co-host, Trey. Trey, how you doing? Yeah, Kyle, I talked about it last week. Uh, been working a lot with a shutdown going on at, at the plant. So, been tired, working long hours, but excited to talk about some racing, even though it wasn't the greatest weekend of racing. So, still excited. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, it's good to good to get on the show, talk about Watkins Glen. Uh, another green road course, I will say. Didn't make for the most compelling of races, I think, but it was a nice national race. Uh, William Byron really looked pretty tough. What do you think about it? Yeah, really be dominated this one. We've seen him do it a couple of times this year. But just overall, just wasn't an exciting race. There wasn't a ton going on. Um, just if we don't have Gustafson's uh, blunder there, we don't have any cautions throughout this one. And it's a a green to green, uh, green to checkered uh, race there. I think I saw uh, Bob Hawkers talk about that this was an hour and 58 minute race. So it was over quick. I guess the pain was over quick, but just nothing that happened that was like super exciting. No doubt. So Trey, we, you mentioned the time, uh, mostly green flag laps, you know, to run a time like that, an hour and 58 minutes. Do you think that NASCAR should have kept the stage cautions or is letting these uh, green flag races play out the better of the two options? I'm really torn on it because coming into the season, I thought it was a really good change because it seemed like teams were just playing that caution. And when they pitted versus running to the end of the stage and then pitting at the stage caution really influenced the outcome of the race, or you would see guys and you still see it a little bit with guys sticking, staying out later, getting the stage points, pitting, and then following back, I think Denny Hamlin won a stage last weekend uh, at the Indy Road course for the same reason. Definitely knew he wasn't going to go out and get a win, but he was able to get a stage win because other guys pitted early and he decided to run the make the run long. So I don't know how I feel about it. It's really tough because this race with no cautions and I'm not looking for a wreck fest was pretty much a snooze fest. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I felt from a consistency standpoint that NASCAR should have kept the stage cautions and it was, you know, a product of the stage racing that, you know, these races were running a little long, but now of course we have no stage cautions and now we just get no cautions period. Whereas in the past, we we're seeing these ridiculous wreck fests. I do not want to see wreck fests. I think it's so bad for our talented drivers to go out there and be forced to play bumper cars. And there's a, there's a difference of, of like a finesse of like an Earnhardt move where rubbing is racing, you're going for the win, and you're allowed to be physical. That's the identity of NASCAR, but not what we've seen in the past uh, when the restart zone was moved up, um, you know, last year at Indy, where that was just a complete slam fest going into turn one. Like, that's not great either. Um, but I felt like they should have been consistent and kept these uh, stage cautions the whole time. And, you know, it's fine that they don't. Um, I'm, you just got to expect what you're going to get. And that's a, a green flag race. Um, obviously there was the event with Elliot to kind of change things, but 
it was a typical win that we typically see from William Byron and you know, also Martin Truex. When those guys win, generally it's not a great day for the field. The 24 and the 19 just kind of dominate. And we got one of those on Sunday. Um, it, it didn't really change too much as far as the playoffs. Um, that's one of the best cars. I don't think there's any um, surprise for the 24. But talking about Alec, Alan Gustafson, um, what kind of came of that trade? Uh, do you think that there's any trouble in paradise for those uh, those nine fans? I, I saw a bunch of them clamoring uh, for a different crew chiefs. I don't think Cliff Daniels is coming, uh, if, if that's what you're thinking, Chase Elliott fans. But uh, Trey, what do you think about that move? And what do you think about that nine group moving forward? This was a race we thought that that nine team might have a chance to win. He's always run well at the road courses, not so much in the next-gen car. Came off a second-place finish at, at Indy, so we thought he might have a chance. I don't think you actually did have him as your race winner. Even without this blunder, uh, thinking that flipping the switch would get you three laps when, what was it, maybe a lap or a lap and a half? Um, yeah, it wasn't much. They're not, they're not going to beat the 24, especially when we saw that there was not a single other caution that maybe – caused some chaos there was no way that the nine was going to run down the 24 now they might have gotten themselves into the top five and shaken some things up uh in the running order but he wasn't going gonna go for the win i don't think that there's any trouble in paradise there i think that this is just a a, a mess up you know there, there's no other way to put it they did their calculations wrong they got bad data it happens i think on a scale like this you don't typically see but there's always bad calculations that go on they think that they can run the run it to the end on uh on gas i think we saw eric almarola last week at indy sitting on pit road on the last lap because he ran out of gas bad calcula- calculations happen all the time in the sport this just happened to be with a uh more well-known driver uh in a big spot yeah i i agree with that um but I do also kind of hear some of the critiques of that nine team. It's hard to pin. I don't think it's Allen's fault. I don't think it's Chase's fault. That's a team that won uh, a championship together just a couple of seasons ago. Uh, I mean, it's, it should be no surprise to Hendrick fans. To be honest with you, Kyle Larson's the best driver that you have. I like Chase. He's a champion. There is nothing that will take that away. But Kyle Larson's the best driver at Hendrick Motorsports. Right now, William Byron looks like he might be the second best. Uh, and he's going to really be in a good spot to win the championship this year because they've been pretty tough almost everywhere. It's going to be hard to knock them out. And the Chevys are pretty tough at Phoenix usually. But if you're a Chase Elliott fan and you're sitting there looking at the season, I think that there's some serious responsibility that's on your driver for a mistake that should not have happened. I understand that these drivers have hobbies. Uh, you know, Hamlin's hurt his knees playing basketball. Um, you know, you have responsibility to your team to be healthy. And Trey, my question to you is with the lack of success that this team has had, I mean, all you got to do with this playoff format is win once. They really haven't been close that often. Like they got closer to Michael McDowell, but McDowell was a better car and he was kind of saving his stuff in case things got a caution. So I'm not sure that that finish was even as close as it really should have been. So as we get to one last race, one more chance before the playoffs, and I hear it. I was listening to XM radio and chocolate Myers said it really best when he said, all I hear is these fans saying chase Elliott's determined chase Elliott's determined. This team's determined to win. Well, have they not been determined since he came back from injury? What is the issue on the nine team that's preventing them from getting to victory lane? 
it's tough to pinpoint one specific spot. I think just one, he's missed a lot of races plus the suspension. So you're taking off a chunk of chances to win. And second, there's just been better cars. The 24 has been great this year. The 19 has been great this year. So his chances to win just haven't been as high as well as maybe they're pushing a little too much or trying to take too many chances early in the season that maybe making a big adjustment uh, in the car that the rest of the Chevys were running or the rest of their Hendrick teammates weren't running um, that they missed on, which maybe or maybe didn't happen. I, I can't speak to that. So I don't think that there's a specific spot to pinpoint besides just missing a bunch of chances uh, by not being in the race car. But we saw it last year. This isn't the first time that a super well-known driver, a championship caliber driver missed the playoffs because they didn't get a win. Martin Truex didn't make the playoffs last year, didn't have a win and look at him this year. So I don't think this is a knock on Chase Elliott. I think he'll bounce back. I just don't think he'll make the playoffs with a, with a win this weekend at Daytona. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's some really good points. Um, I, I remember when I, when NASCAR kind of shifted the schedule to add all these road courses, they were saying, oh, trying to fix it for the Golden Boy. But the next gen hasn't been so friendly to Chase Elliott. But nonetheless, the schedule remains. So we've had two straight weeks of road courses. We go to the lottery ball machine at Daytona to see we're going to spit out and maybe send to the playoffs like we did last year. What do you think about the the scheduling format that NASCAR kind of brought to the end of this season? Because for me, it feels just weird. It just doesn't feel like it's been real. You know, it's just not consistent with how the summer stretch went. So we've got two road courses and one more uh, to go at Daytona. So, Trey, how do you feel about the schedule that NASCAR kind of put out going into the playoffs for this season? So I'm certainly okay with the Daytona being the last regular season race. That's kind of NASCAR's hub. You know, we start the season there with the 500 and we end the regular season there. Um, So I'm okay with that one. What I don't like is back-to-back road courses. We only go to, I think it's six road courses on the year. Why do we have to have two of them? in the last three weeks of the regular season, I think it's just NASCAR trying to make some kind of drama and no knock on Michael McDowell, but Michael sneaks in with three races left on a road course. If that's another track, he doesn't get the win. Now, if that, if uh, Indy is earlier in the year, he certainly might get the win. Then I just think it, it adds a lot of late season drama and unknowns because they're racing at tracks that aren't standard for NASCAR with two, two road courses there. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for Daytona. I think it's a great idea. I think it brings a ton of uh, drama in a good way because it's part of the racing there. Um, Like you just, you can't script Daytona. Like last year was just ridiculous. Oh, like I didn't think he should have gone in. I mean, like, no, Dylan's been terrible. This season has been terrible. Just not a good team, really, the three group. But they got in and they won the race to do it. So I really have no problem with that. I think it's a great uh, finish to the season. I do miss it on the 4th of July, but I definitely still like it here. With the road courses, it definitely just feels like we've been on break, to be honest with you, it's going into the playoffs. It feels – because there's – what? Is there a road course in the playoffs? Is the Roval? One Roval. Yeah, that, that could be the only one. Yep. Yeah, so it, it just it just feels odd for me, the schedule. But as we go to Daytona, I'm definitely excited uh, Excited because it feels like the playoffs kind of start now because you've got one open spot uh, kind of left, and that's the Wallace spot in the 16th there. He can get knocked out by a new winner, 
Uh, or, I mean, there's a chance that he doesn't point himself in. Right now, Trey, he is plus 32 to the cut line. That obviously makes Ty Gibbs minus 32 to the cut. And then the one that I guess theoretically is available to point himself in is Daniel Suarez, who's minus 43. But some pretty crazy stuff would have to happen for that. But then I think, so you've got Wallace, Gibbs, Suarez, all not winners. And then I think guys that also could win are Elliot Bowman and Sindrick. So out of those six drivers, Trey, who do you see kind of shaking out here? Is it a points thing? Does somebody win to get in? I know we'll get into our true predictions later, but how does that bubble uh, kind of shape up going in? Well, going into the playoffs after Daytona. When I look at this list, I think that the current standings is what we will see in the playoffs. Bubba Wallace is probably the best super speedway driver out of those six, give or take. Um, and he's got the 32 point lead. So it'd be pretty tough for Gibbs to point himself in unless Wallace is caught up in an early, uh, early race crash puts him at the back and doesn't gain any stage points. And then even with that, Gibbs would still have to run a really clean race, get stage points and finish probably near the top 10 uh, to, to point himself in. But it is Daytona. We saw it last year. Austin Dillon was not good all year and found himself in on crazy flukiness because of some rain where everybody and their mother crashed out of that race. I think I was talking to you, Kyle, that Ryan Blaney finished 15th last year, six laps down. So if that doesn't kind of tell the story, I think we saw like Cody Ware in the top 10. Uh, There was a lot of guys in the top 10, DJ McLeod, that like never run top 10. So it was just a fluke last year. Could be a fluke this year. But if if I was a betting man, I would say that Wallace gets that last spot. I agree with that. Uh, The points lead just seems to be a little too insurmountable. Um, Bubba's been pretty good. He never really seems to finish uh, the race. Um, and I mean, with a win, um, but often it's, he gets to the end for sure. He's been really consistent with at least making it to the end. And he's a part of one of the last crashes where he finishes in the top five. So it would have to be an out of character finish for Bubba Wallace for Gibbs to get in. Um, so I really don't see that happening. Um, Gibbs hasn't really shown enough that he can outduel. Like it's such a good spot for Bubba because he's in a, a track that, I mean, no offense to him. There's only a few that I think that he is a genuine threat to win at per season right now. He's got a good car and he's getting better as a driver, but this is his strong suit is Daytona, Talladega, uh, even Atlanta now. So he's in a really good spot. He's got a points cushion. Really all he has to do is just take his time, get to the end and don't get caught up in anything. And I think he's in because there's the there's a chance of like a Hail Mary team that gets in. Obviously, um, Bowman is qualified well almost every time he's been there. Um, and, and the Hendrick motors are always great. ECR motors are always great um, with Elliott and Bowman. So that's two teams that are going to at least bring speed. But I don't think either is one there. So it's kind of hard to predict. But, I mean, there's a chance that Bubba gets you know kicked out by a win by somebody else. But I'm not really – not really certain of that. There's a lot of winners have already run like someone like Michael McDowell, you know, you can look at and say, well, he's a team that, you know, he's a Daytona 500 champion, but he's not a team that you look at week in week out to be a winner. But even if he won, he's a repeat winner at this point. So there's not a ton of room. Cindric is a Daytona 500 champion. They just haven't looked great. So some crazy stuff would have to happen, but it is Daytona. I think that there is a chance for a Hail Mary. I wouldn't buy too much into it. But, Trey, we talk about the bubble. As we go to the playoffs, I think the premier four cars right now are Truex, Hamlin, 
Byron and Kyle Lauren, are they able to set themselves up with maybe a win or a good finish as we go into this playoff? Definitely the possibility of the win. I think that it's, unless one of those four get a win, building that momentum doesn't really come out of Daytona because it's typically wreckers or checkers. So they're either going to be putting themselves in victory lane or there's a good chance that three of the four of those are all four finish outside the top 15 just because of getting caught up in a crash. So I don't know if there's anyone, one of those four that stick out as a clear cut chance to win this weekend and build momentum going into the playoffs. Um, the 19s always run well this year, the 24. So they've all run well, but no, I don't think any of them make giant gains moving into the playoffs this weekend. Do you kind of look at this race if you're one of those four teams is like, you know, put in like NFL terms, like that last preseason game where it's just a formality before the real stuff starts. Are you selling out to get a win this week? Try and grab five, grab a stage point here, stage point there, or just grab five playoff points um, and, and, you know, really go for it. Or you just kind of want to take a clean car and head to the playoffs. If I'm those four teams, they're all sitting pretty nice uh, in the regular season uh, points race. Especially the night, if I'm the 19, I'm going records or checkers this weekend because there's no way that the 11 catches you. You're going to get the regular season championship. I don't know if that's mathematically correct, but it it's dang close if it's not. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be. It would have to be a pretty early wreck for Martin Truex. I think it's 49, 39 points, 39 points. So that's that's a that's a race difference. So that that's a lot of points to make up. Yeah, so if I'm the 19 team, I'm going for the win. And same thing, I guess, really for the rest of them. I'm going all out, trying to get the win. If we end up in last place, it's really not the end of the world because it's everyone's going to probably end up in the back anyways uh, with, a, with a wreck if, we, if it's the same thing as last year. So going for the win, don't care where we finish because you're in, try and get as many points if you can gain, even if it's just a, a stage uh, win to get that one extra just might be, what pushes you over the the line to maybe find yourself in Phoenix? Yeah, I think those, I think I've heard the opinion that these guys are kind of looking ahead and this doesn't matter. But personally, I think this is a great chance. Um, all of these cars have been fast. This is a chance to set yourself up, snag another win and and get ready to go and, and compete for a championship. But um, I think, I think that they will. So Trey, as we get into our picks, I think I've got a couple repeats there from that list. Um, but as we pick, I've got Bubba Wallace, not only need, he's fine on points, but he wins anyway, sets himself up, gets five playoff points. Who do you got winning today or on Sunday, Saturday? I got a, the Ford, the, the 12 of Ryan Blaney winning this one, getting his second win of like the it. year and, and hopefully building some momentum for, for that 12 team. Definitely. Um, good super speedway racer for sure. Rounding out my three of five, obviously Wallace in the 23, three-time Daytona 500 champion. I'm going to say Denny Hamlin's also up there pushing his car into the playoffs. And I tell you what, don't sleep on this car maybe winning Brad Kozlowski. Those Fords always look good at Daytona. They got that good front fascia for pushing. I think Brad could honestly find himself in the win column, but he will be an aggressive pusher and a compete uh, and be competing for the win late in this thing. Brad's definitely in the top five. Yeah, so I also got another Ford in my top five. Also RFK guy, but not Brad, but the two-time uh, winner this season, Chris Busher, finds himself in the top five. Very similar reason the Fords have always been great. 
might be Brad pushing him into that top five. Uh, and then your race winner, I got Bubba Wallace in my top five to to lock himself into the playoffs and maybe make a, a run late. Yeah, I think I think that's all very possible. Obviously, such a crapshoot at Daytona, but I tell you what, if stuff gets weird, I'm going to say long shot. Uh, nothing too much to back it up, but keep an eye out for Daniel Suarez. Um, the track house group, that's a good run team. Um, it's unfortunate it doesn't look like Daniel's going to make it this year. Um, sparing a win, but keep an eye out on the 99 machine. Yeah, if I had to go with a long shot, just kind of on a whim here, Corey LaJoy could maybe really throw uh, throw things uh, for a wrench here and knock Bub out of, of the playoffs there with a win and get that Spire team moving in the right direction. Don't think it happens, but that's why they're a long shot. Yeah, and that's why it's Daytona, and I think it's a great conclusion to our regular season. As we kind of go to conclude our show here, we go to our fan question from the DMs. This question is uh, referring to the championship race, which I think is good uh, timing. So right before we start um, our quest for Phoenix, we get this question. It says, what team is more likely to send two cars to Phoenix, Joe Gibbs Racing or Hendrick Motorsports? Trey, I'll let you take that first. It's a tough one. So last week I talked about there's one team that I think is like almost guaranteed into the playoffs just because they've run well all year race in and race out so that's the 19 of martin truex so i'm going to say that jgr gets uh gets two teams in has a better chance to get two teams in than hendrick for another reason as well they're they're sending three teams and it only looks like hendrick is sending two which would mean that both william byron and kyle larson would have to make it whereas JGR has the 19, they have the 11, and they have the 20 all going to the playoffs. And maybe Gibbs sneaks in. Yeah, I agree with that. That's exactly my thought process on it. Gibbs is going to send three very competitive cars. They have three of five or three of four. I haven't looked at the exact standings, but Bell, Hamlin, and Truex are all in the top five of points right now, um, regular season points. So those guys are going to be tough to beat. Obviously, Bell went to the championship four uh, last year. Hamlin's gone on several um, Truex is a champion. He's been there. Uh, I think Joe JGR gets it. Um, just because, you know, it's never the best guys that make it always, but, um, it's just a numbers game. They're sending three teams. Um, even though I do think William Byron and maybe even Kyle Larson will be in Phoenix. Um, but I really like the 24 group specifically. Um, uh, but there's just more opportunity with the Gibbs group with the extra car. Um, but thank you for that question. As always, be sure to check us out on Twitter at Talking Stock Pod. We want to know who you're rooting for and where you're rooting from. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. So please enjoy Daytona. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.